Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, and today we are joined by former um, school board president and now president of Pomona Pride Center, Frank Guzman. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. Do you mind just do a quick little introduction of who you are, Frank, and kind of how we got connected the first time, and and then we'll we'll just jump into the whole conversation. Sure. Uh, My name is Frank Guzman. I am a lifelong resident of Pomona um, have served in various capacities throughout the city, from various like, city commissions to uh, eventually uh, having a seat uh, as the first openly gay elected official in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, serving on the Board of Education for nine years um, and ending it as the board president and now uh, serving in the capacity as executive director of the Pomona Pride Center, as well as the president and co-founder of that organization. So. Awesome. So as you kind of mentioned, uh, being uh, one of the first or the first openly gay person in Pomona for a public office, it's a big reason why I want to bring you in as the uh, president and executive director of the Pomona Pride Center, being in the month of June, being Pride Month, I really wanted to ask and kind of pick your brain and talk to you about, you know, this podcast is for youth workers, for parents, for youth. Um and youth have these questions. Parents have these questions. Like, how do you talk to your parents about the, uh, about LGBTQIA plus community? How do you, you know, if you're not in it, how do you talk about it? How do you have that open conversation? So that is the big reason why I wanted to bring you in and talk to you. Um, and um, we'll, we'll start off with this is what would you say are some of the struggles you see being a part of that community of the LGBTQIA um, plus community? Um, where, and especially we could start here in Pomona, being in the urban city, and we can kind of go from there. You know, I think one of the biggest problems is when people think of the gay or queer community, however mm-hmm. you want to refer to the community as, yeah. um, I think we're programmed to think promiscuity, um, that they're, everyone's very sexual and that's all it's about, mm. and it's more than that, and so I think that's a misconception in the community, like, um, even to an extent where people will grab their kids if they know if they see someone who's dressed in drag or something like that, like they think somehow that it's going to be a bad influence or that that grown person mm-hmm. has some desire for their child and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the big misconceptions that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've done a lot around uh, correcting that and 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 addressing it in the moment because yeah. I think that's the best way to to address it. Like. No, we're just here to serve the community. We uh, want to have events where drag queens read books in libraries and, and mm-hmm. encourage education and encourage participation in civic and events like that. Okay. Yeah, and I guess you kind of hit that up a little bit. So the Pomona Pride Center here, we're, we're neighbors right around the corner from each other. So what does the Pomona Pride Center um, provide to the community? So we have an array of services. Um, yeah. One of the... Uh, services that we offer that's uh, well received and taken advantage of is our resource pantry. Our resource pantry, we we offer um, food, non-perishable foods to mm-hmm. the community. We offer clothing, we offer books, and we offer hygiene products. So, yeah. um, un- unfortunately, Pomona um, is still plagued with homelessness. Yeah. Um, and and even, even if it's not homelessness, we have families who are struggling to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, with the pandemic, a lot of people were put out of work. And so... There's a need for some of these services, and so as a result, um, we thought it was important to have a resource pantry. Yeah. So that's um, one of the areas that we uh, give back to our community and provide uh, services and resources. 
aside from the resource pantry, we have uh, programming. Um, so we have uh, various uh, programs such as, uh, like we have a youth group that meets twice a month. We have mm-hmm. a senior group that meets every month. We have an undocumented queer support group. Mm-hmm. We have an HIV AIDS support group. Um, we have a young professionals networking group. So we have a, an array of programming um, mm-hmm. for the community. Uh, we have some social events that we do regularly, like drag bingo, um, coffee and pooches at the park, just th- different things of that sort. So what we're yeah. trying to do is create safe spaces throughout the Pomona Valley. So while we are the Pomona Pride Center, our service area covers the Pomona Valley. So um, we're not just confined to Pomona just because we feel there's a great need and there's no other uh, centers like ours in, yeah. in the near vicinity. What is the Pomona Valley? Pomona Valley consists of like Diamond Bar, Claremont, Laverne, San Dimas, Pomona, Ontario, Montclair, okay. uh, Chino, Chino Hills, Upland, Rancho Cucamonga. Um, so those cities are comprised of the Pomona Valley. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so if you're residing in those areas, these are a lot of th- services. And I guess, um, do does someone need to be considered a queer or gay to be a part and, and, and to attend these services or receive these services and be a part of these events? Absolutely not. You know, that's one of the areas that we wanted to be different in. And so uh, on our acronym, you'll hear various acronyms, LGBT. Q, LGBTQIA, yeah. and so we um, have adopted the LGBTQIA plus, mm-hmm. and that plus um, for us means everyone else, uh, families, supporters, allies. Um, you do not have to be part of the community to come take advantage of the services that we offer. Uh, one of the other services that I, I guess I did mention, we do have a community center that's open to the public from Monday through Saturday um, from 10 to 7. Okay. We have computers available if someone needs to come. Um, do homework and doesn't have access to internet access. And if they have access, but they don't have a computer, we also have laptops. We're able to let them use on site and even uh, check out for a week at a time. Okay. Awesome. And um, how, how many, how many kids can you support in at one time? Right. You know, you said you have computers, you have the open space. You just got that office right around the corner from us next to the Fox theater in downtown Pomona. Um, What's what's the capacity that you guys could serve at a time? You know, we haven't had a fire marshal come and give us a number, but comfortably what we've seen so far in the space is about 45 to 50. Oh, wow. Um, Because we use some of the outside space as well. And so um, considering those those areas that we we could comfortably uh, support about 50 people. Yeah. And I guess um, so that that is the Pomona Pride Center a lot. And then what do you guys offer for parents? And, and I kind of want to start moving into this parent. I mean, you are a parent yourself. Um, and so how, how does that conversation go? How can you build and, and talk to your kids or, um, or talk to kids about um, the LGBTQIA plus community and what's there? And when, you know, kids, once they, they get hormonal and things just go crazy and different ideas and different thoughts come in, and how do you healthily explore that conversation? You know, I've had to deal with this in a different yeah. form or capacity. Um, before I came out to the world, I came out to my kids who were like 10 and 12 mm-hmm. because I had to be able to come out to them before I can come out to everyone else. If they couldn't, if they weren't ready to accept that or to to welcome that comfortably, I had to rethink how I would go about that because yeah. ultimately as a parent, you want to make sure you're providing for your kids and your kids live a happy life. And yeah. so, and, and it's the responsibility of the parent to, to do that or to provide that. And so yeah. when I came out to my kids, um, 
we one day I just decided we're going to take a trip to San Francisco. How fitting, right? So uh, we jump in the car, pack your bag, and we just start having conversations in the car. Yeah. And for me, I wanted to know if they knew what it meant to be gay or a lesbian mm-hmm. or, or what it was. Yeah. And they did. And so there was even conversations about some of their classmates um, who even at 10 years old, they go like, we have Princess Johnny in the class and, and he's gay. And like, how do you know he's gay? Well, he likes boys and he's like, he's my friend. And he told me and it's like, okay, so they did have an understanding of what it meant. And yeah. so the next question was like, well, how would you feel if your parents was gay? Like they were just like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's always about communication um, and, and being able to have open communication with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I developed that with my kids uh, personally and, and, and now, even as a parent, now that they're 21 and 23, they give me too much information sometimes. So it's like, <laughs> but I created that space for them. And so I don't hold it against them. And, and there's been times where they've made just horrible decisions, I guess you might say, or screw-ups. But I had to provide that space for them to be able to own it. And how do you get past that? Yeah. And so um, as you look at it from the opposite way, um, where how a kid could have a conversation with their parent about potentially their sexuality or, or support that they need. Uh, it's hard, and I want to say that because um, in Pomona, a lot of the families have multiple kids, mm-hmm. and a parent had, has maybe never had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, maybe they have three or four kids, and it's the last kid who is said, I'm gay or I'm a lesbian or whatever, and mm-hmm. a parent just doesn't know how to deal with it. And so a lot of times the kids are why does my parent accept me? Why don't they love me? Um, and part of it is not that they don't accept or love you, but they're having to deal with that in the moment and that they've something they've never had to deal with. Mm. And so um, I always tell them to give them grace and just kind of give them a moment because they have to reflect. And because I think immediately parents think, what did I do wrong? Um, or, and so one, like there's nothing wrong that you've done. Yeah. It's just, uh, everyone's different. And so how do you support that child? Um, when we are tabling at tabling events throughout the city, um, like art walk and stuff like that, parents come up and they say, like, I just don't know how to support my child. Like, what do mm-hmm. I do? I don't know what to say. Uh, and the first thing I tell them is like, well, when they opened up to you, they were being very vulnerable. Like, what was your reaction? And like, well, I like had like immediate heat to my face. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I, like, I was just like, we'll talk about it later. Um, and I tell them like, well, maybe next time they open up, you just give them a hug and say, no matter what, I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you do that, like, I think it sends a message to the kid that it's okay for them to be vulnerable with their parent. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you don't do that, it's going to be, how do I, it's going to be hard for them to continue to open up. Yeah. And so, um, we've created a friends, allies, um, support group as well. Mm-hmm. Because we understand that there's no training manual or there's nothing that says, like, this is how you support your gay child or this is how you support your friend. Yeah. Or, um, this is why pronouns are important to them. This is why um, they're transitioning or why they feel they need to transition. And so we have a, a group that really just has open conversations and lets fam- family and friends and allies just have to get it out, the mm-hmm. things that they're thinking, because there's nothing wrong to have those thoughts and to question why or to have these things but now we're in a um in an environment where we could answer those questions and we can kind of provide that support so that they feel more comfortable in their role as a supporter or a family member 
Yeah. So, so a lot of what you're saying is, you know, just being open and to hear and to, to love them through it. And, um, and it, I guess what you just said right there is even if you mess up in the first initial response, doesn't mean you can't make it up down the road. Um, and you, you want to continue having those conversations and being open and sharing. And because I think what's really important that you mentioned early on was, you know, we have to understand and see other people have feelings too. So even, you know, if I, you were my dad and I opened up to you and I said, Hey Frank, I think I'm gay. Or, hey, dad, I think I'm gay. I'm not sure if your kids call you Frank. That'd be kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, your initial reaction, because, you know, you had you had three kids, let's say, and I'm one of the three. And it's like, wait, how? And it's, and because of that, all of a sudden, I could get upset because you're not accepting or seeing that. But we, we as kids sometimes forget our parents have feelings too. Right. <laughs> our parents are humans. They have emotions and feelings and things surprising and, and when you get caught off guard and surprised you might not always have the best reaction and we have to be forgiving towards each other even because this happens on other conversations it doesn't have to even be the lgbtq conversation right. just other things happen and parents use like we hear something and like we initially have a reaction and because our first reaction wasn't a good reaction um, a lot of times it goes down a bad path and i think what you just said right there was really important was we need to be forgiving. And I think what's really important is assume like we don't want, we can't assume that our parents want the worst from us or, um, you know, we naturally assume that they want the best. And because this is different than the path that they went, they might not know how to answer or how to support them. I know like my parents, um, all, and I assume every parents like this is they just want the best for you. And when they know that they can't provide and help you through something because they've never done it, it freaks them out and they don't know how to best help us. And I assume this will probably happen a lot within this conversation. Um, so um, for parents out there who are listening, right, um, you know, be forgiving to yourself, be forgiving and, and try to have the conversation again if you if you started off poorly, right? Um and then what would you say for the youth out there? Just continue to have the conversation, be open, forgive your parents to try to talk again. A couple of things. Yeah. So a lot of, so obviously the younger group is much more empowered these days to be their authentic self and to not afraid to, to share who they are. Mm-hmm. But what they don't understand is um, their parents uh, a little older. It wasn't as easy for their parents as it was for them. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in the gay community. So if you were at my age, approximately 40, um, and you um, grew up in that time, being gay meant a lot of different things than it means today. It yeah. means that that child, that person was picked on yeah. on a regular basis, that they heard uh, slurs about um, their sexuality. If they, even if like they had earrings back in the day, they, there would be uh, some name calling. So yeah. that's what I believe parents see when or, or think about when their kids are saying, I'm gay. They start to remember what they remember from their day growing up and how it wasn't as widely accepted and, and well-received. And so mm-hmm. that meant a lot of fights. That meant people were killed. That meant people who potentially were flirting with someone who wasn't gay and, and got beat up. And so that, I believe, is what parents start to think of, particularly mm-hmm. the, the older crowd or Gen X type deal or yeah. what is it, baby boomers is what I'm thinking. 
Um, so that's what they dealt with. And so when you come to them, I think sometimes that's what their mentality is thinking that well, mm. how it's going to be hard for my child. Yeah. It's going to potentially get hurt. Yeah. I'm going to potentially hear that I have lost my child. Um, and times have changed and um, the queer community is much more welcome in society today. Uh, probably not like it should, like we should be, but we've made some great strides. Um, mm-hmm. We've still got a lot of ways to go. Yeah. And so I would say just keep that line of communication open. And if you yeah. were a parent who kind of shut your kid down when they were uh, being vulnerable and, and sharing their experiences with you, um, it's okay to start that conversation back yourself. So yeah. like maybe as you had time to digest um, what your child said to you, uh, you can come back a few days later. I'm like, you know, I know I didn't react the way you probably expected, but it, it was hard for me and so um but but i want to continue the conversation and it doesn't have to be you don't have to have a full-on conversation in the moment and and spend hours discussing it and having your uh, uh what is the aha moment and just coming to jesus conversation yeah it could be broken up because it's a lot to take in yeah and so i would say uh, don't plan to have the full conversation and have it resolved in 24 hours. Like that's probably not going to happen because it's going to take time to get adjusted to what that life um, is and how it's affecting that child and that parent. Because as much as I want to say it's about that kid who is coming out and saying, this is who I am. It's also about their parent being able to adjust to what it is their child is telling them. And it Mm -hmm. can be a lot as, as a parent myself, I've certainly thought about the time when I'm going to walk my daughter down the aisle. Um, and but it maybe it's a little different with a guy versus a girl because even if it's a, a young uh, a girl who's getting married, I'm gonna get to walk her down the aisle no matter what. Mm. But um, unless they're maybe transitioning and uh, and not feeling throttled itself as a female, so now um, for many instances, if, like if I had a child who was transitioning from a female to male, mm. I would probably feel like. I'm putting my child to rest because they are no longer that young girl. They're becoming yeah. a young man. And so uh, it could be difficult to deal with. So I would just say, um, keep the conversations going. Like it doesn't have to be that you only talk about it one time and oh, you accept it or you don't. And we just move yeah. on. It could be an ongoing conversation. So I'd keep those communication lines open, not be afraid to, to share what you're feeling or even if it's something that, didn't come out right, like acknowledging, I'm sure it didn't come out right, but Mm -hmm. this is how I'm feeling. And I think you need to know how I feel just as much as I need to know how you feel. Yeah. And I think that's a really good conversation to have. And I I kind of, being in Pomona, it's, it's a large Hispanic or Latinx community. And there's a a lot of uh, African-American or black community here as well. Do you see a difference um, in approaching and having the conversation when it comes um, a lot of times with different ethnic backgrounds? Because I know, you know, a lot of the Latinx, there's a big machismo and it being a strong, you know, male figure. Um, is How would you hope having that conversation a lot of times? Because possibly parents might not be as accepting because of that past, because of that culture. Right. You know, I've learned that, um, that a lot of times the father figure or the father does not um, know as early as the, the mother does. Like mm-hmm. um, the mother is trying to protect the child and they does not have this conversation with you that idea like it's going to yeah. take time and so um but i've learned um and just hearing different people's stories that it was the father who was more understanding um but we were afraid because they're much more machismo and 
and they don't deal with nonsense very easily. They're just like, uh, this is what it is, and you do it. But I think when even the, a parent, a father, wants their child to be protected, even if they're um, gay or lesbian or whatever it may be. And so um, it is different in different cultures. Um, I know uh, from many people I've spoken to in the African-American community, like they don't want to tell their parents at all, and sometimes they're, they are closeted for many years. I, I dated someone who was closeted the whole time we dated, and I met his mother a couple of times and it was like, Oh, this is my friend Frank and stuff like that. And so, mm-hmm. but eventually I had to, I'm like, you need to figure out who you are. Like I should, yeah. I, it took me 30 years to come out of the closet. I shouldn't have to go back in for yeah. someone who's not ready. And if you're not ready, if that's okay, yeah. but uh, it's not fair to the person you're with. And so um, I found like in the African American community, it, it's one way or the other, either they're very open and you won't miss it or, or that, they hide it from their family so much because they want to put out that personality that they're a strong, vibrant person and, and they don't want to be viewed as weak because of their yeah. sexuality. Okay. And um, I guess, what would you say encouragement, right? You know, we're wrapping up in our time here and, and just um, for a youth worker, how would you encourage, right? Because, you know, as I'm a youth worker, but I'm not a parent and I would be different having the conversation with, with the, with the youth as well. So speaking to a youth worker, what, how would you encourage us to have the conversation with youth? And then I want to have that same conversation, you know, with parents and w- with kids and youth bringing it up with their parents and or youth workers as well. You know, I, I'd say you don't have to be part of the LGBTQIA yeah. plus community to be able to identify yourself. So for instance, like, a lot of times in the gay community, like people use their pronouns uh, he, him. Like my name is Frank, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Yeah. Um, well, Paul's pronouns are likely he, him, his as well. And just because you're not part of the gay community doesn't mean you can't um, acknowledge your pronouns. And I think when you um, break those barriers and are comfortable and being like, I'm Paul and I use he, him, his um, pronouns, like that sends a signal to the kid that it's a safe space because you're mm. taking that initiative to identify your pronouns. And even though you're not part of the gay community in any way, shape or form, um, doesn't mean you can't be supportive um, of youth. And so um, I think little steps like that um, send a, a big message to youth. Um, so I would, I would, that's one way and really just provide a safe space. And, you know, sometimes kids are afraid to, to open up because they're afraid that, you are going to have to go tell their parent and you're going to go out them and stuff like that. And for many yeah. of them, it's a struggle they deal with on a regular basis that um, tackles their mental health, tackles um, how comfortable they feel with people in the public. So I would just say um, maintain confidentiality. Of course, if it's anything that that potentially will life-threatening, life-threatening or yeah. could be harmful, that absolutely you need to. Um, but you can create that space and let them know. Because mm-hmm. when our youth groups, for instance, when we start every youth group we tell them like you know this is a safe space but mm-hmm. if you say or do anything that makes us believe that you are harmful to yourself or others we have to report it yeah and so uh, it's i think putting it out there up front uh helps them to identify that you're a safe person they can go to okay and um what about parents how would you i, I know for you it was a lot different right because um you are part of the community so you felt like you needed to have that conversation with your your kids but maybe for someone who isn't a part of the lgbtqia community how would you encourage them to maybe start having the conversation because kids are already hearing about sex and 
that whole by like age of five nowadays, if not younger, or being exposed to pornographic images at a really young age. So how would you have that conversation? Because again, a lot of times it's your morals and morale versus the world. And a lot of times I think it's, it's better to come from the parent because the world will help you go a thousand different ways and not have, they'll give you maybe too much information versus healthy, good information as we're seeing. Right. So I think that, um, that you just have to have conversations in general. Um, if you think not having a conversation with your child or having them excluded from the sex ed class at school is going to help, mm-hmm. um, chances are it's not. Your kid already has heard about sex, probably had conversations about it. So it's okay to have conversations uh, at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, we would make sure, I, I, my family, we'd have dinner together every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we, while we... Um, may grab something to eat or on their run because of practice or whatever was going on in life. Um, every Sunday it was dinner at the table with no phones and it was just conversation. Uh, it's okay to have those conversations at the dinner table. It's okay to uh, just really be vulnerable with each other because if you don't have that conversation with them, they're either going to learn on their own or they're going to hear it from the wrong person and they're yeah. going to see things that they um, think are normal that are not. And so as we begin to, um, and just nurture your child into what we want them to be. Um, you have to have those conversations. If, if you don't, or if you think it's going to, they're not going to know, they're going to just learn from somebody else. And a lot of times when they learn from someone else, it's not in the most positive manner. So I would say uh, start having conversations at a young age too. Like, so, because there are some, some things that happened in my life that made me feel like I needed to be a helicopter parent where I wanted to make sure so I would ask my kids, like, have you, has any adult ever touched you in an, in a way that you felt like, why are they touching me? Um, and no, like, why are you asking this? Because no adult should ever touch your body and stuff like that. So if that ever happens, you need to make sure you talk to an adult in the area or talk to your parent immediately. Like if you're at school, you go tell the teacher. If you're um, at church, you talk to the person uh, in, who's running your class. So, but have those conversations. It gives you peace of mind as a parent that... Mm-hmm you're having regular conversations on what's appropriate and what's not. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And again, I think that's key too, right? It, the conversations don't just have to be about LGBTQ. There's, you know, making sure your kids are safe. Those are very important conversations to have. And, you know, if you're not having them, who knows what could happen and trauma your, your, your children could be exposed to as well. And I guess the last question would be youth, right? Youth are, having thoughts, questions, how would you encourage them to just healthily start having the conversation with an adult or someone that can maybe give them better information than um, maybe someone else their age? Because I know going in high school, all of our friends talked about everything and half the information they told us was like way off from the truth. So how would you encourage um, youth out there to start having a healthy conversation? I think we can all identify someone who we feel safe with, someone who makes us feel like we can be our authentic self or just speak freely and not be judged by it. Yeah. And so I'd say find that person if you don't have that person already. It could be a friend. It could be an adult. It could be like a teacher, a mentor. So find that person who's going to be that ear for you where you can balance your ideas and, and even potentially coming out stores. I want to, I'm, I have something that I need to tell my family, yeah. um, but I don't know how they're going to receive it. 
if you have someone just to support you to have that conversation, I, I believe it makes all the difference. And mm-hmm. so I would say find that person, find that teacher, find that mentor, and just say, like, maybe once a month I'll stop by your office or I'll stop by your classroom um, and just bounce some stuff off you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you, a moment ago you, you said something that was very important. Uh, this is not just for the LGBTQIA community. This is yeah. for everyone. Like you, it should not. There should not be different ways we do things because someone's gay or straight or whatever. Like, uh, I encourage communication um, for all families. Like, yeah. I, it is probably the most important thing. Um, and I've learned as a parent how to not react in such a manner immediately if something was said that like was not consistent with my values or or what I view as integrity, uh, my initial thought is to yell at my kid or reprimand them for, why did you do this? Like, mm-hmm. why weren't you thinking? But if they're coming to you, that means they've thought about it to some extent where they know they screwed up. And so uh, have a little grace with them as well. Like I'm saying, like for the kids, have grace with your parents who who may overreact because you're telling them something that is, is harsh for them to hear. Mm-hmm. But as a parent also um, have that same grace with your child who uh, is being vulnerable and sharing with you something that is dear to them, whether it's around their sexuality or just around sex in general. Like Mm -hmm. uh, I had sex or I did this. Like your initial thought is like, haven't I taught you anything? But, uh, but it's beyond that. Like you're going to learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're going to make them, we, we make them as adults um, and kids make them as well. So yeah. we'd have to just, I encourage that open communication. Uh, even if it's, even if it's something that you really want to react to, like just take a moment to take a deep breath and then say something. Don't do it when you're in that moment of like, what the heck were you thinking? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Frank. And so if anyone's out there looking for resources, definitely reach out to us at justice for youth and, and Frank, where can they reach out and find, um, information about the Pomona Pride Center? So you can visit uh, us at PomonaPrideCenter.org. You can, we're on social media, so Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and our handle is Pomona Pride Center. Okay. Uh, and then separate from that, I'll say this, or not this Saturday, Saturday the 25th. Okay. We're officially having our grand opening at a new location here in downtown Pomona uh, at 4 p.m. And that same uh, evening is the first Pride Festival taking place here in downtown Pomona. So we'd encourage uh, you, there'll be a lot of resources. Um, Mm -hmm. We have over 20 resource tables from different uh, agencies and organizations such as like the Trevor Project or GLAD, our um, Mm PFLAG, which are resources for parents and for students. And so um, if you, even if you're not part of the LGBTQA community, come and join, come enjoy a good evening um, with great food, entertainment, and just learn how you can support others um, through the resources that are being provided. Awesome. Thank you so much, Frank. And, and again, if you have any questions, again, reach out to us, hit us up, leave a comment, leave a review. That's what we're here for. And we'll love to talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much and have a great time. Bye.